Hello, welcome back to、uh, my podcast here on English A One. Today, I would like to、uh, discuss something that、uh, was brought up in my class with one of my、uh, students in my one-to-one lessons that I teach、uh, on a daily basis, and、um, I think that as as a teacher, I think that I have. Learned to really listen to people and to really listen to、uh, what my students can bring to class, and in terms of their personal anecdotes and experiences and backgrounds, and all of this is quite enriching because when you sit down and talk with someone and you really care for for what they want to share with you,、uh, it can really open a realm of. You know,、um, uh, colors and shades and and、uh, perspectives and visions、uh, that can be really、um, empowering and that can be really um, uh, easy to relate to. And、um, one of my students and I were talking about the fact that you know, as a parent. Um, she feels somehow overwhelmed because she is living in a new country.、Uh, although the language is the same,、um, she does not really have to、uh, speak another language. Culturally speaking,、uh, it is quite different. But as a parent, I cannot really imagine because I don't have children of my own, and I'm not planning to have. Any children, either. I think it's a huge responsibility. I think that as a parent,、um, I know that、uh, parents must be full of fears. Bringing、uh, a child into this world must be one of the most challenging、uh, things that you could ever do. You know. Uh, we all say that that children are a blessing; that they just bring, you know, you know, joy and happiness to your life. And there's something in your brain that somehow gets switched、uh, because you stop thinking、uh, about yourself and putting yourself first.、Um, In order to, you know, welcome that new life and to become a lot more protective and become, you know, the source of love, affection, understanding, and you know, and of course, you are the provider of everything that that child、uh, needs. But as a parent, like I was saying,、um, this person.、Uh, It was somehow fearful of,、um, you know, having a child that is not does not really fit into a, a specific group of people, and it is pretty、um, worrying sometimes、uh, as a parent、uh, to feel that way because you do not really want your child to get hurt. And you don't want your child to suffer, you know, uh, 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 from discrimination and、uh, be called names, and and that must be really, you know,、uh, 
uh, I think, uh, a big source of anxiety and stress for a parent. Um, sometimes you may wish to put your child in a bubble to protect them so that they are not exposed to, you know, you know, those uh, evil people out there because there are evil people. There are people that can be really mean and hurtful. Um, but I think that as long as you raise your children with love and affection and you accept them, the you know, as they are, I think that you are doing quite a big thing, you know, to instill um, self-confidence and self-respect in your child. Uh, I think that perhaps I am not the right person to talk about um, how parents might feel, because like I said, I do not have uh, children, but I have a sister and I have a son, and my own parents, when they shared with us, you know, their anecdotes and experiences of how, you know, life can uh, easily turn and become a mess, you know, um, when something bad happens to your kids, uh, uh, you feel really heartbroken and sometimes desperate. You want to fix things. You want to fix your children. And, but sometimes, uh, things are inevitable. Um, what I am trying to say is that we are all different, no matter what, we cannot be labeled or classified into a specific group. Um, of course, it's human nature to be sociable, you know, to uh, uh, want to make friends. But there are people who are not comfortable, do not really feel comfortable making friends and socializing with others. For example, my boyfriend um, is uh, quite something, you know. Uh, I know that he's got friends of his own, and of course we have this age gap, which is like 10 years. I am 10 years older than him. Um, and, but we have learned to accept each other uh, and the way we really are. I am a very outgoing, friendly, you know, outspoken person, um, unlike him. You know, he is quite reserved. He does not really want, he does not really share much about himself with other people. Uh, he does not really open up that easily to others, especially when he does not really trust them uh, well enough. Um, he does not, you know, spend time with the neighbors. No, that now that we have moved into a new neighborhood, he, he does not, he would rather not spend time with them. He just likes to spend time on his on his own and uh, with me, you know, so, and he doesn't actually make an effort to. And um, am I going to judge him? Of course not, because that's the way he feels comfortable. And as long as he feels okay, I think that's fine, you know? Um, and I think that um, if, you, if your child is not sociable, of course, maybe as a parent, you feel that maybe there's something wrong but I think that we all have different personality traits. And as long as your child is smart and, and affectionate and, you know, as long as your child is, you know, tolerant, 
respectful towards other people. I think there's nothing wrong with not being that sociable. Of course, these days there are a lot of, you know, um, conditions that sometimes the human brain um, finds challenging to deal with. There are children and, and even teenagers who are diagnosed with different, you know, um, mental challenges, such as, you know, uh, autism in different levels or degrees. I'm not a professional, so excuse my lack of, you know, knowledge in the terminology. Um, maybe uh, the Asperger syndrome. I, as a teacher, had the... Uh, beautiful experience and the honor of working with a child, with a seven-year-old little girl who was diagnosed uh, with Asperger. And for me, it was quite an experience. At first, I was a little bit, you know, scared because I do not really want to uh, do anything wrong. Uh, so I did some research on it. There was this woman that, you know, um, heard about my lessons and she wanted a private tutor for her uh, daughter um, who uh, found English super fun, you know. And, of course, when we had our interview, the mother and I had an, uh, our first interview, uh, she explained to me that her daughter uh, was diagnosed with uh, Asperger syndrome. And, of course, I was a little, you know, anxious and a little apprehensive because, like I said, I did not really want to hurt the child's feelings. Of course, on the contrary, I wanted to protect her and I wanted the teaching experience uh, to be uh, joyful and meaningful for her. But one of the things that I got to learn in a, through that experience was that this child was super brilliant, you know? She learned so quickly. Sometimes I thought that she was not really listening to what I was saying. She was not really paying attention to what I was saying, but because she, she would just walk around the classroom and, the you know, exploring everything that I had, you know, in the classroom, which I um, um, accommodated in my own house, you know, to give private lessons. And so she was exploring and playing with the toys and, and looking around at, at the pictures and the posters that I had hung up. And she was, you know, touching the things and everything that I had in my class and all the school supplies that I had in that room. And uh, while I was, you know, uh, giving her instructions and I, while I was explaining, and to my surprise, when I asked for a comprehension, she was able to answer all my questions. Uh, it was awesome, you know, because personally... Uh, you have to get my 100% attention if you really want me to remember at least 10% of what you're saying, you know? But with this little girl, wow, I was amazed, amazed by how brilliant and receptive she was. And um, that's why the way I thought uh, of, you know, um, mental challenges, please, once again, Apologize my lack of, you know, uh, domain uh, on the terminology. But these people that have these challenges, you know, cognitive challenges, I think they, they can be really, really amazing people. And um, 
there now these days I think there there's plenty more uh, data on autism and Asperger syndrome and and all of these you know challenges that sometimes some people are faced with in life and I know that parents may feel somehow um, overwhelmed because they want to do their best to help their children become part of this you know, big society that sometimes can be discriminatory and and somehow cruel uh, towards them. Um, but um, I also feel that I could give this little piece of advice to a parent, although I am not, well, I haven't been diagnosed with, um, you know, any uh, challenge, well, not yet, perhaps you know, I haven't actually, you know, um, needed that professional help. Uh, although I think that it is sometimes important to get, you know, that kind of feedback from a professional. But in terms of, you know, um, cognitive challenges, I think that um, what I can say is that we are all different and we all come to this world with gifts and talents and challenges. And uh, to those parents who have a kid with uh, Down syndrome, with Asperger, with uh, autism, uh, to those parents who, who have a child that is different, that does not really um, fit in you know, what the majority, you know, um, accepts to be, you know, uh, quote-unquote, mm, the common denominator, you know, do not really feel anguished. Don't feel anguished because, you know, my parents must have felt that way when they knew that I uh, was um, a trans a trans woman, uh, so I cannot really imagine how scary it must have been for them to have a child that d did not really fit in and that did not really match what the majority looked like, you know, and uh, I know that as human beings we can easily fall for fear and especially when the people that we love and the people we want to protect somehow um, their integrity and their well-being could be at uh, um, um, uh, in danger or at risk. Um, but whatever you do, whatever you do in order to protect your child, give them lots of love and give them their own time and give yourself time to learn because I think that the best thing you could ever do when you have a child that is... Um, Different from what the majority, you know, is, I think that it's a blessing because the, um, the empowerment and the enriching life lessons that you will obtain from having a child that is different will give you uh, a lot of opportunities to learn to become compassionate, empathetic, open-minded, um, it will let your heart fill itself with love and acceptance and, and, 
and because that's what we need that's that's the path that we all need to walk on and that's the direction that we all need to follow when we are first put into this world you know uh the seek for for acceptance and the seek for creating opportunities to love each other and accept each other and 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 lend a hand to those who need us you know so uh to all those parents and you know people that have someone in their family who is different who does not really fit in give them lots of love give them lots of affection uh and do your best to instill in your kid you know that need you know for self respect and self acceptance you know because that's the mo- the most powerful tool that you could ever give your own children Hello, welcome back to my podcast, English A1. My name is Lenor Vega and I am originally from Lima, Peru in South America. And uh today's podcast is about something that I have just recently experienced, which is very very close to my heart, which is very very personal and intimate. As you might have already um, you know, found out in one of my prior podcasts, I talked about my being a transgender uh woman um although to some people i may not look like one or you know already but you know i'm still in the process of becoming one and i think that which is <clears throat> a lot more relevant and important here is how you mentally and psychologically psychologically um uh take yourself in and 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 see yourself and how you present yourself to you know your surroundings and the people around you well i feel like a woman i think that i should have been born a woman and since i was um a little kid i've always struggled with my identity and when i was perhaps 5 or 6 i would you know um look at my mom how she would mm, put on makeup how she would you know uh put on her uh nylon socks you know dark black socks my mother had very beautiful you know wide legs and when i saw her how she got dressed when i was 5 or 6 i would literally you know like die to you know try on the same clothes and accessories that she would wear and well that that's somehow how i saw my external world you know and of course i was a little boy and i was not supposed to you know put on my mom's clothes or put on my mother's heels and things like that so for quite a long time my parents were in denial although they already knew of course that their firstborn son me uh was actually different from the standard uh, male boys and i would not really fit in in a specific you know uh group of male boys who used to be a lot tougher and ruder and stronger than i was for obvious reasons um 
I remember that there was a program on TV uh, which was uh, hosted by Yola Polastri, which uh, was a TV show uh, intended for, for, for kids. And uh, Yola Polastri, who is a very well-known um, show woman, a singer and actress uh, back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s, had this TV show on Channel 4, which was a national, you know, uh, channel in my country, that broadcast, you know, these um, um, programs for, for, for kids. You know, there were different numbers and, and dance numbers and sketches and things like that. And I was really, you know, uh, excited about the show every single Saturday. And I was drawn to, you know, the, the wigs, the colorful wigs and costumes and the choreographies and how the girls danced and moved and how quick they changed clothes and stuff like that. And I remembered that because obviously I had very, very short hair when I was a little kid. Perhaps I was like nine or eight, more or less. Uh, I would put on towels on over my head to pretend that it was really long hair, and, and I really loved my, you know, quote, motion, full of motion hair, when I put on the towel uh, over my head. So it was kind of fun, you know. But I remember that I would grab, you know, uh, a wooden, you know, spoon and pretend that it was a microphone, and I would you know, um, a lip sync to, uh, the, uh, this artist's, uh, songs. And I would stand up on my parents' bed, which was big enough for me not to, you know, flip over. And I would just pretend that I was on my show and singing the songs and stuff like that. But, um, I remember that once my dad, and one of those days where I was like performing, my dad would you know, uh, actually came into the room and he caught me, you know, uh, with the towel over my head. And I was like, you know, doing my dance moves and uh, evidently and obviously he was pretty upset. So he reprimanded me and he always, you know, uh, disliked it when I, you know, performed, you know, uh, in secrecy, you know, in my parents' Uh, bedroom. So for years I would do that, you know, hiding from them, you know, because somehow by the reaction of my dad, I would think that it was inadequate, inappropriate, and I was not supposed to do that. So for years and years and years, you know, I would obviously, um, you know, re relate to girls and, you know, uh, femininity and stuff like that. And, but of course, because I did not want to upset my parents, I would just, you know, um, repress myself and hide it and keep it myself. Um, to make a story short, you know, um, now that I am almost 42 years old, um, and I am living, in, you know, on my own, away from my parents in one of my podcasts, I did also explain how the relationship between my mother and I, you know, has nurtured and has evolved and we have become a lot more tolerant and accepting towards each other uh, and towards, you know, protective towards each other. And uh, a couple of days ago, we went shopping because we, you know, today is my nephew's uh, birthday, his, um, his fifth 
uh, birthday. So a couple of days ago, we got together. We went to this mall to get my nephew, you know, a few presents. And, uh, well, you know, we were there like shopping with my auntie, my sister, her husband, and their two beautiful kids. And, uh, well, I just asked my sister, hey, why don't we just go inside, you know, this, um, you know, makeup store? I would like to get myself a few things. So we go in and here comes in my mom. And I was just, you know, taking a look at the products, the beauty products, you know, powder and mascara and lip, lip gloss and things like that. And then for the first time in my 42 years, almost 42, my mother approaches me and uh, says, why don't you try this one? You know, I think this goes, you know, perfectly <clears throat> with your skin tone. And I was like, like is this for real? You know, is this really happening? Am I dreaming? And then my mom would also hand me, you know, different, you know, um, you know, animals and, you know, uh, for my nails and uh, makeup and powder and things like that. And she would even suggest uh, that I buy um, a specific brand of makeup, which works perfectly for her. And it was like, wow, I cannot believe it because my mother, she obviously comes from a totally highly conservative, you know, um, background. And for me to, to live that kind of acceptance from my mother was very, very meaningful and really important. You know, we needed no words to, to, to say anything else. It was just her attitude and, and her being understanding and her being part of my, you know, transition. Uh, and with that kind of detail and, you know, behavior, she just told me everything that sometimes we were with words, we cannot totally express, you know, and I finally felt fully accepted and, you know, later on uh, at home, when we already got there, you know, I was getting ready to, you know, go and pick up some plants for my garden that same afternoon. And I took a shower and then I, you know, wanted to put on some makeup. And it was my mom who would, uh, who, who came into the room and, and, and told me, uh, why don't you try this? No, you should do it like this and like this. So she was like giving me instructions on how to put on makeup on my face how to make it uh, look a little bit more natural. And, and so it was like, you know, I, I, I would have never fathomed this, you know, um, experience, this moment with my mother, you know, she was right there, you know, something that I had always wanted to happen. Me, being a, that little girl or that little 15 year, year old girl, you know, sometimes who becomes a woman and is presented in society in the Latin American country with the famous uh, quinceañera party, you know, I was like really hungry for that kind of experience with my mother who would, you know, would always protect me, but I wanted that from her, you know, and I would crave uh, for that. 
And, uh, and finally, at this point in my life, I can finally say how it feels and it feels really, really beautiful. You know, it, it, it was a very special moment that I will always nourish.